This program is brought to you by the Practicing Law Institute, a nonprofit learning organization dedicated to keeping attorneys and professionals at the forefront of knowledge and expertise. We know that cities tend to have a lot of lawyers. So the most familiar image of pro bono involves sending lawyers from large farms to help individuals in crowded urban courtrooms. But poverty and legal needs are a pressing issue everywhere, including sparsely populated rural areas where not as many lawyers practice regularly. How do we get legal needs met for people in every community? How do we ensure experiences are understood, especially by policymakers who tend to live in urban areas? There is an organization in California tackling the issue. Stay tuned to hear about their innovative strategies and exciting results. Welcome to Pursuing Justice, The Pro Bono Files, a podcast from PLI, the Practicing Law Institute, in which lawyers and clients talk candidly about their pro bono experiences. I'm your host, Alicia Aiken, and for 15 years, I was a legal services attorney in Chicago. Now, I'm a principal at Danu Center for Strategic Advocacy, a national organization supporting advocates and mission-based organizations in their own pursuit of social justice. I'm also a faculty fellow at PLI, where I get to work on special projects like this podcast. Of course, everyone knows that poverty doesn't stop at the city limits. People struggle to afford professional legal support in every kind of community. And there are many lawyers ready to provide pro bono help. But sometimes the biggest challenge is bringing together those lawyers who want to help and those people who need the help in the right time and place with the right resources to actually solve problems. What can we do about that? I had an opportunity to speak with Julia Wilson, executive director of One Justice, a nonprofit partnering with over 100 legal organizations, law firms, law schools, and businesses throughout the state of California. They describe themselves as an innovation lab on legal services, and their work helps provide life-changing legal assistance to over 270,000 low-income Californians every year. We discuss the challenges of pro bono service, including cultural competence, as well as how one justice manages to reach people wherever legal help is needed, and something they call the justice bus. I'm Julia Wilson. I uh, have the very great honor of serving as the CEO of a statewide legal aid nonprofit in California called One Justice. And we actually work with all of the legal aids throughout the state of California to amplify and strengthen their work and expand their capacity. So we basically have four different things that we do for that legal aid sector. Uh, first of all, we're the systems experts on how it works data, research, understanding who needs help, who gets it, from what kind of models, how it works, and where there are gaps. And then we work in deep partnership with the legal aid organizations around pro bono management, nonprofit management, everything it takes to run a legal aid organization and, and try, to, try to hear their needs and respond nimbly through training and support and co coaching and consulting. And then it's a very robust, although still under-resourced, network of legal aid providers. What does One Justice do to help the uh, legal aid statewide promote pro bono? 
In terms of our support around pro bono, we have a whole piece of it that's focused at the legal aid organizations and really developing best practices. So bringing them together, peer support, making sure the folks who are doing the work full time can share concerns and tips and practices. And then we really work with the private sector, the law firms, in-house legal departments, law schools, bar associations, to try to maximize their approach to volunteering. And then we're a little bit of a matchmaker. We'll be like, oh, this legal aid organization is just starting a project in this area, and we know that firm over there is interested. And so we try to keep making sure there's these direct connections uh, to get those volunteer resources flowing. Making those connections and getting those resources where they are needed means that One Justice and its volunteers interact with a wide range of people from all corners of California. Nothing can be assumed when there's so much variation with regard to economic circumstances, culture, social background, and experiences of the world. To work well with clients and achieve clear communication, lawyers benefit from understanding the twin concepts of cultural competence and cultural humility, as Julia described them to me. There are significant um, differences often between the attorney volunteer pool in terms of race, ethnicity, upbringing, understanding, experience in the world, power and privilege, and the folks who end up being legal aid clients because of racialized poverty and systems of oppression. Opening up those conversations around cultural humility and cultural competence for someone who's volunteering for a day, that that is sometimes an intense experience. And yet we think absolutely essential to actually uh, provide services for folks that are deeply meaningful and build trust and confidence in the overall legal system as a whole. Can you talk a little bit about what is the difference between cultural competency and cultural humility? The way I think about the two is Cultural competency is coming in with an equity mindset and understanding the, the inequities that exist in our country at an institutional level, organizational level, and interpersonal individual level, right? So that you have the knowledge base to understand that a conversation that you're having with someone around being a survivor of domestic violence or being an immigrant or being someone who needs uh, legal help with social security benefits that conversation is taking place within a much larger environmental context. So that for me is cultural competency, right? It's a, more of a hard skill and knowledge base. Cultural humility means really some self-awareness. Who am I? What privilege have I had in the world? What experiences have I had? How does that affect how I show up in this very intimate conversation that's about to take place as a lawyer with someone who needs legal help, they're gonna to have to tell me a lot of things about their life and their experiences. And how do my lenses on the world influence that conversation and how I react to what they say? And then trying to shut those down as much as possible. Thank you so much. It was a really nice way of describing um, those two things. I love that you're um, thinking about cultural humility. You don't, the medical community talks about it some, but you don't hear a lot of lawyers talk about it. And I should give credit to my staff. It's the One Justice team that has really been lifting these ideas up. And they're the ones working directly with pro bono volunteers that are action-oriented, making them better volunteers. Can you tell me about a, a project that comes to mind that you're particularly proud of at One Justice that you think is innovative? And, although it sounds like everything you do is innovative. I um, am probably most proud of our rural justice work done in partnership with 
the small number of legal aid nonprofits in the state of California responsible for the more rural and isolated, the less known parts of California, um, and particularly an initiative that we've had that has raised the awareness in metropolitan centers in the private sector about the fact that there is significant need for legal assistance and pro bono services in rural California. Um, and then actually activating those urban-based pro bono lawyers to get out of San Francisco and the Bay Area and out of Los Angeles and out of the downtown high rises and into the community gardens and churches and synagogues and community centers and veteran service organizations in the remote parts of the state. And so how do you get them there? Right now, we get them there on a project called the Justice Bus, which is a bus that we rent and we load lawyers and law students onto the bus, train them, get them out to these different locations based on some criteria that we look at in terms of need and density of poverty and working with local, both legal aid organizations and just social service nonprofits and do these pop-up, limited scope legal clinics that you can do in five to six hours. That's fantastic. Do you have any stories from Justice Bus events to share? Yes. That, so I occasionally get to go on the on the bus. I, I'll, I'll tell about a, a recent story, which is we went out to uh, uh, Santa Barbara County from Los Angeles. So Santa Barbara is a large, um, uh, geographically diverse uh, county with only two legal aid organizations in the entire county. And so they they have to cover this very large geographic region and they're considerably under-resourced and they do work with veterans and with immigrants. And so we showed up in a small community center um, outside of urban Santa Barbara with a team of lawyers from Los Angeles, did a full day clinic. And the, the communications from clients was we asked them to evaluate the client, the clinic as they're leaving. We actually ask for every client to give us on the spot, both satisfaction with the services and the volunteers and the expressions of appreciation for the fact that the services were available, that it materially moved the needle on their legal issue, and that folks were coming from outside the county. It, it mattered. It mattered to them. But there's also something about this, this equitable allocation of lawyers as a resource mm -hmm. that resonates with people. When you show up sort of saying, we're here because we heard you need you, that you need us. People come in and they do limited scope, yeah. um, probably uncover some greater needs for longer term representation. Yeah. So do you have thoughts on how do we how do we get resources for that to rural people? We do post-clinic evaluation to track whether the limited scope services actually resolve the legal issue. And maybe maybe sometimes a five-hour clinic actually is not the right response. And we should be having larger funding and public policy conversations about those regions specifically. And what are the subject matters that you're covering in clinics? Right now, we are focused on uh, immigration of all sorts, uh, focused on naturalization, DACA renewals, and then general immigration screening, very high importance in California right now, criminal records clearance, and then very simple end-of-life planning, simple wills, healthcare directives. If we show up with a pop-up clinic, we can see a large number of people in, one, in, in the sitting that is forms-driven so that the clients leave with a product and not just advice that they've been delivered sort of verbally. Sounds like urgent care. It's like urgent care.
we're grappling with sort of the two next phases of this work. Um, one that's just fun is we're actually working with United Airlines now and they are flying lawyers around the state of California. So the justice plane started at the end of last year. We're doing two more this year with their help, um, for places that we just can't get busy lawyers on a bus. It's too, it's just too far. And we're focusing right now on the central coast of California. And then the other thing is, what is the use of technology? Is there, if we have laid down these foundational relationships through physical transportation, especially in a state like California, is there an overlay that, of technology that could now mean that folks don't have to travel? And we've experimented with that and found it to still be very labor intensive and require a lot of infrastructure in those communities to make the technology side uh, available and accessible to clients. Mm -hmm. So there's an open question about that that I, I, we absolutely think is worth really digging into. I think that's the next phase probably. There is a piece for me personally about the justice bus that's also about changing the legal profession as a whole in terms of how public awareness and how it thinks about some of these subject matter areas and the communities who need this legal help. So the fact that we started doing criminal record clearance with pro bono lawyers from big law firms and big Silicon Valley companies. With some repeat volunteers, we have seen a shift in their own thinking about the community that le needs legal help in that area. And what about the volunteers? How does their work through One Justice and the Justice Bus affect the attorneys who provide pro bono services? What does it mean to an urban corporate attorney to work with and understand the issues of a rural client in a drastically different environment? We always do a debrief with the volunteers, like helping them process and think through what were the challenges, successes, and the way that he communicated to his fellow lawyers, all of whom don't do this as their day jobs, about how someone can hit a rough patch in their life because of circumstances that are out of their control and what it means to partner and, and literally sit shoulder by shoulder with someone and work through those issues and what the law provides to them, what they're entitled to in that moment. And the level of understanding and compassion and understanding about what that legal help would mean for that person, that didn't only change the circumstance for the client. That pro bono lawyer will never think about criminal law and criminal justice and criminal justice reform in the same way again. We all as humans wanna live fulfilling, resonant, meaningful lives that fill us up. And for me, showing up in tough situations with empathy, tough for me personally because I feel insecure or out of my comfort zone, tough for the other person because they're coming forward to share something that that ultimately leads, for me, to a more fulfilling life. With our sincere thanks to Julia Wilson, this has been a special one-on-one -on -one interview about the challenges of extending pro bono service across every part of a state and how One Justice is generating innovative solutions to meet those challenges. Thanks for listening to Pursuing Justice, The Pro Bono Files, a podcast from PLI, 
the Practicing Law Institute. This production is dedicated to the pro bono and public interest lawyers helping those with limited access to justice. We also thank our production team, including Daniel Pinitz, Janet Siegel, J.C. Kinneman, and Robert Gennerke, as well as our host, Alicia Aiken. PLI is a nonprofit provider of authoritative legal training and continuing education. Since its founding more than 80 years ago, PLI has served the pro bono and public interest community. Lawyers working to expand access to justice can apply for complimentary access to attend PLI events or to watch any one of the 2,500 on-demand programs available on PLI.edu. For more information about PLI's wide-ranging curriculum, visit PLI.edu slash pro bono.